Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Greetings, salutations, everybody. Suns fan here with Sinner for We Say Things episode 91, sponsored by nobody at the moment. Uh, Cinderin, we had to delay a day because of you. I just want everybody to know that it's Cinderin's fault. But how are you doing okay, today, Cinderin? I'm doing much better. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like out of uh, laziness or oversleeping or anything. I, I had really bad sleep yesterday, and I woke up and I had a bad headache, and I woke up during the night with the headache as well. So I was like, this is bad. And then I got some extra rest and it really helped. So that Good. was great. Now uh, I got not so much rest this night, but at least I don't feel very bad. So you know, here I am. Lately, I've been noticing you're online. And I know this because you tweeted at me, in fact, when it's about 7.30 to 8 p.m. my time, which is that like 5, 6 a.m. for you? No, 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 no. So you're saying it's a different person liking tweets on your account now? <laughs> no, I'm saying your time conversion is bad. Uh, okay, so what is 7 p.m.? Let's say 7. Isn't that 4 a.m.? 3, I think. You're 8 hours? Is it? Okay. It's it's 2 or 3. I'm not sure which one. Okay. I just, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I've noticed you've been up later. You're turning into me slowly. This is what comes yeah. with age. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's start out with our beautiful Patreon shoutouts, our in Bruges tier. Thank you, friends. Thank you to Life Size Suns Fan Body Pillow. <laughs> Thank you to alerting teammates to the lore of each kill they make in Gandalf's voice. That would be awesome. Suns Fan, thanks for the recommendation of Way, Way of Kings. It was fantastic. I'm now into book two. Cheers. Don't forget about Wizards for... That's great to hear. I'm glad you're liking it. I'm still working on book three. I'm very slow. Chakar, Boyko, Astufko, Mutro, Ustavko. I fucked that one up. The Mega Pope. Gabe lives here and we see him on the street. <laughs> TI in New Zealand. Zan Xavier, Suns fan Pudge, Omega Lol, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroats, Bacon, no, not the bacon, the other bacon. Arguing with my mom regarding how much testicle sweat I can snort without blinking. <laughs> I did not look at these names beforehand, but that is amazing. Lick. Yep. And not Shark sponsored TM. this episode, by the way. Yep. Shark TM. Thank you. We got freshly seasoned goat balls, the Ben Jackson and Ben Broomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, Dop. Eating Chosnik makes you happy and healthy, which I can agree with 100%. Underscore man. To help lobby for the In Bruges podcast episode, please put Sinner and please somewhere in your name. United, we can conquer Sinner and a little bit out of date there. Pitch Black. Wooden aftertaste, done talk, dyslexic lawyer, anonymous Peter. I am going to miss the in Bruges bit. I still found it funny. Knebling and Ronnie Keel. See, not everybody hated it. Yeah, a majority. Uh, okay, I got a few topics that we can start with, Cinder, and before we get on to the actual news of the week, but the Super Bowl results are in, and Tom Brady prevails at the age of, I believe, forty-three. 
also winning the finals or Super Bowl MVP. I believe he has seven Super Bowl championships now, and he's been to the Super Bowl 10 times. 43 is extremely old. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, so now he himself has more Super Bowl championships than any one franchise in the NFL. Because six is with the Patriots, which he got, then they moved to Tampa Bay. So I know you're a Super Bowl guy. I don't know if you watched. I was actually doing DPC during most of the game, so I didn't get to see too much. It was already a blowout. I haven't watched the Super Bowl for years. Years. Wow, big Super Bowl fan then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a shit o'clock, man. Yeah, but it's a big game, Cinderin. All right, what, what are your yeah. thoughts on a 43-year-old still owning everybody? He's the undisputed greatest of all time for the NFL. No doubt about it. I think that's really good. I think it's inspirational in a lot of ways to a lot of people. Um, it's like when we talk about it in gaming, right? Like, oh, you're, you're hitting this age, you're done or whatever. I always... I don't know if I always do, but you know, you you can think you can think about sports and how there's like these greats in sports that still just have it, have that X factor after I don't know how many years. Like Tom Brady's forty three. I don't know how old Federer is. There's some of the football players as well that are still incredible at like forty. By football, I mean soccer for you. Of course, yeah. Um, who is it in basketball? How old is Federer? LeBron? Federer is thirty nine. Uh, LeBron is, I believe, 36, I want to say. Let's right. see. And, I mean, in the NBA, oh, yeah, he's 36. In the NBA, like, once you get to, like, 34, 35, you start drastically declining athletically more than anything else. Like, your IQ will always be higher if you're, like, a really good athlete, right? But your body mm-hmm. gives way eventually. Like, there's been some players that get to 40, and they're just, like, a shell of themselves, but they're still technically good enough to be in the NBA. Um, right. We'll be interested to see what LeBron James is like when he's 40. But so far, he's like MVP candidate, which is crazy. But yeah, kind of unheard of with Tom Brady. Um, congrats to Tom Brady. Congrats. Uh, my, next uh, thing. My homeboy. He did it again. He did it again. Uh, I know a lot of people have missed the NBA segment. There's I'm trying to think of what interesting has happened. But I guess the main thing is uh, the All-Star game, which the apparently the NBA told the players there wasn't going to be an All-Star game this year because of the pandemic. It seems like there will be, in fact, an all-star game. It will be in Atlanta, and the players are not happy, despite the players' union saying it's okay. So the players are not happy with the player union, which is weird in itself. Uh, they're tired of you know being cooped up in their five-star hotels constantly. That's the one thing that triggers me. I'm not going to lie. These are very rich people. Very like If you don't want to play basketball, don't take your paycheck then. Just go to, go home and spend time with the family. That's perfectly respectable. But if you want to get paid, I think it's pretty, this is, you know, expected of you. I don't think that's, it's not like you're in a concentration camp or shit like that. It's not, you're not really going through trials and tribulations. You're in a five-star fucking hotel. Just a small rant from me. Yeah, um, okay. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Also, the Suns are fourth. Let's go. Record-wise. That's better than last time, right? That is better than we've been on a roll lately. Yes, thank you, Sandra. Yep. Okay, nice. and then the last topic, uh, which we'll kind of get to in the Patreon mailbag as well. You guys may notice for the Dota Cinema channel that we're changing a lot of thumbnail stuff. We're changing a lot of, like, there's no intros for fails anymore, stuff like that. We <clears throat> consulted with one of my friends, Travis, 
who wrote a nice long detailed thing of what we're doing wrong with our YouTube channel, which is many things. Uh, the reason this is important is because we're going to be experimenting a bit, and part of it re uh, revolves around the podcast, um, which will have different thumbnails that will look kind of crazy. The titles will be a little bit different, but the big thing, and I actually have not brought this up to Cinder at all, which I probably should have, there is a possibility that in the future, the podcast will have to move to another YouTube channel. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. So I want to know, for people that consume this podcast, if that is a big deal for you guys. Because it might be literally the reason that our channel is declining because of the way that the YouTube algorithm works now. You have a video that... Like we get really good retention on the podcast, but it's very low amount of views compared to what our videos used to be. Like if you go back right before we came out the podcast, <clears throat> the views would actually be relatively high. Maybe not as high as they used to be before that, but they have drastically declined because if you have something that's like long form and low amount of views, it fucks you essentially, which is why if you go to any big YouTube channel that have a podcast, they have a separate channel for it. So just oh, interested. That's actually true. <clears throat> Just interested if that's a big deal for people, because what if I happen. told you that I've known this for months, but I didn't tell you because I want to fuck your YouTube channel? It's okay. I yeah. Con okay. Considering that's, you haven't seen Imbrugge in two years, uh, that's yeah. nothing compared yeah. to that. I mean, I'm actually I'm actually an agent. I have interest in this. I'm uh, I work for a different Dota YouTube channel, and you got me. Good. Glad you're doing something you else me. with your life, Cinder. And I was worried about you. I don't know. I I love misery. Okay, let's get started with the actual episode. I, I was <clears throat> like, the podcast has been delayed 24 hours, and I thought there might be some Dota news in terms of like an update coming out or something like that. But as usual, Valve is waiting for uh, the podcast before doing that. So, first news sadly is a super sad story. I didn't know this player personally, uh, don't remember watching games. I'm trying to remember actually, maybe I did, but pain.444 died with covid complications i don't really have any other information other than that obviously very very sad proves that some you know maybe he had some history of i don't know because typically the younger you are the easier it's going to be able to get over covid but obviously it's not the case for everybody a lot of people have no. medical issues uh, but super sad and just another mm -hmm. reminder that this thing is not over yet and stay safe and all that good stuff and even if you don't have complications, it's still like, it's still a game of chance, right? Like to an extent, you can be healthy, be doing yeah. well, your chances of not contracting a very deadly version of it or, or combating it are higher, but it's still chance. It's never 100%. Um, so that's why giving it the respect it deserves and really trying to avoid it at all costs is, is really the play, in my opinion. Um, yeah, this is a super sad story. I haven't... I don't think this is a player I ever met at events, at least not that I talked to, so I don't really know him, but from what I've read and heard about it, he was like a really, a very positive influence in many ways. Um, so it's always that extra bit sad when, when it's the good guys that go, you know, so that's. Yep. I've heard nothing but good things myself about him. So condolences to his family, obviously. Uh, very, very sad. So moving on from that, we have major news, literally. Uh, the Singapore Major has been announced. Uh, it's going to be run by PGL. 
and it's going to be $500,000 prize pool. It's going to be between March 27th and April 4th. And as this part was already known, but for the major, the EU will get top four, China top four from the DPC, SCA top three, CIS top three, and then NA and SA top two for each. Any thoughts, Cinderin? As this is one of our major stories, and that's all I got to talk about. Um, I really want to go to Singapore. That's my thought about this. I really do. But mm -hmm. again, I'm not really sure about this timing. Um, I'm assuming that this is going to happen and that it's going to run. Um, Valve had, I think, a CSGO major canceled. I want to say it was supposed to run in... Was it February or January? Which one? Anyway, I think there was a, oh, there was CSGO? a CSGO major uh -huh. that they canceled. Um, so I don't know. Like When you announce this at this point, I don't think it's like wishful thinking. I think you're really aiming to have this event run. And the reason I'm always skeptical with this stuff is that we haven't had a Valve title run an international event in half a year on LAN. So that's why I'm still like cautiously awaiting to see if it actually happens. But it does obviously sound like it will. Um, yeah, they're gonna, I guess... I, I don't know how Singapore is doing in terms of COVID. I, I heard that they're yeah, doing very well. I think they're doing very well, which is... I don't know. It's like, how to say, it's like both good and bad in a way, because it's obviously really good that they're doing very well, but it might also mean that the travel restrictions are extremely tight. If you have a country that's almost eradicated or is doing exceptionally well, yeah. they will try all they can to call it entirely, right? Like New Zealand, for example. Um, so you would imagine that there's a risk of certain players and certain teams not being able to arrive because of the countries they're from. Um, I know this is like a very negative outlook. I'm just trying to be realistic about this. So um, that's something that I think it would be a huge success if this event is run, if all the players and teams and talent get there. That would be, that would be impressive. So, so my thought, trying to think if I should... So my assumption, let's just call it that, is that they're going to have to work with the local government and... Hmm. The fact that they've announced this and seems like it's good to go means to me that the government is okay with it. So it's going to be some major isolation. Uh, I think if people don't get in, it's because not because of Singapore, but because of the countries that they're leaving if they don't let them leave for whatever reason, like travel restrictions with that, which I don't know if that's even a thing. Right. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, one other note. Apparently, this is going to be streamed in 4K 60 FPS, which is really cool. Uh, that also means that that's on YouTube because Twitch definitely can't handle that, which is kind of sad because I would love to stream in 4K. That would be amazing. Um, or at least higher than 1080p. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that's going to be the first at least major tournament that has done that for Dota, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Should be fun. Hopefully I'm invited, Cinderin, but not holding my breath. So, uh, should be good either way. Oh. I have a, I have not uh I've not heard anything about talent regarding this whatsoever. So I have no idea what's going on with that currently. Apparently Which entry to Singapore is very well be. limited to citizens and permanent residents. Short term tourist visits from Australia and a bunch of other countries is allowed, just a few countries subject to securing air travel pass. So I I think this my understanding is that this is gonna be an exception in a cooperation with the government of Singapore. 
Because there's no way you announce this without that already in hand. Otherwise, you're just gonna like, why would you announce this? Like, it's not like it's that far away. It's not like the pandemic is gonna suddenly yeah, don't know. go away. So we'll see. Okay, so the DPC. Let's go over some results, and then we can talk about uh, some heroes that were not picked, which I think is gonna be a really interesting topic. Um, mm -hmm. So I can just start with NA since that's again continuing to do NA right now. Not a whole lot has changed from the top to bottom. EG is still number one. Quincy Crew is right behind them. And then you have a bunch of like these middle teams, Undying, Four Zoomer, Sad Boys, Black and Yellow, that are basically hoping that at one of those two teams at the top ends up losing uh, twice. Because obviously EG and Quincy Crew have not faced each other yet. So that's going to be a pretty hype match whenever that happens. But interesting thing for me is learning... like. Obviously, I'm pretty biased because I've been in the scene for so long and these players have just, you know, not saying that Quincy Crew doesn't have good players because they are really good. But EG, when you look at their roster, it's like tier one of tier one. It's like top of the top. You can compare that with anybody. Most people, most teams even in the NA scene actually think Quincy Crew is better, period. Not even a question. So that's going to be a pretty hype match to see yep. uh, how they do. So that's basically NA so far and if we go on looked, to uh, i was just mm -hmm. looking at uh, just quickly here for na i was just looking i was curious um did, e did you cast or panel eg versus undying i paneled all the matches yeah okay it's really rare i think that you see two drafts that are that similar yeah and the game outcome is exactly the same mm -hmm. like <laughs> The teams basically, for the most part, picked the same lineups and the same team won in the same time. <laughs> like, yeah, and I was commenting about this. Deja vu there? We funny. actually uh, talked to Arteezy after the game, and he says that he really respected that they did that because they have confidence in their lineup. They knew that they made some mistakes. And it was actually true. Mm -hmm. It was interesting because game one of that series, EG Arteezy was playing Medusa, and they actually kept losing fights over and over and over. But we looked at the like the scoreboard was super lopsided in the favor of Undying. But you look at the net worth, and EG was up like 5K. And we're like, how the hell is that possible? Medusa just hitting Ancients over and over. So they wanted to deal with They left Medusa in there. I think the big mistake, maybe can't call this a mistake, but I have not been impressed with Slark as a hero. Very no. underwhelming. Um, I think it's a very situation. It feels like a very snowball-y carry that... Like, if you pick a Jug, you pick a Troll, you pick an Ursa, they just feel more consistent than they used to, right? They're just solid. Slark is so dependent on what happens in the game. Like, you can't just have your own... Like, you're not going to just... You're not going to buy Battle Fury and farm the shit out of things. You need to get kills. You need to get those essence stacks up. So Yeah, not I think he had, he had two... I think two bad support matchups in this game. I actually think Slark... One of the strong parts of Slark is that he's really good against a huge part of the support pool. So when he has good core matchups, he will often look like a good hero. But I think both Witch Doctor and Shaker are actually good picks against Slark. So... I'm assuming they picked it into that. Yes. Um, Fourth pick. Slark, it's always so dangerous. Like when you have these heroes that are really reliant on mobility and on outplay, like Dark Pact is the hero, right? If Slark doesn't have Dark Pact, he's garbage. You need to remove stuns and silences and stuff. But you can't see a fissure coming from fog. And now with the shard on Shaker, he can triple stun you from 1200 range away or 2k and or whatever that happened the fuck it is, repeat, like that happened so much game one that i was actually surprised they didn't just ban earth shaker uh first phase i think shaker is incredible right now this hero is so good like you have to you really have to be careful when you give that hero away that's my two yep. cents 
Agreed. Uh, moving on to Europe. Did you watch any of these games, Cinderin? Let me see which games that was. So Secret is still at the top, along with Alliance, OG, and Tundra Esports, which is Fata's team. Yep. Which means Liquid They're... is right under them at number five, and Nigma six. Yeah, so, so some surprises. things have changed quite a bit, right? Last we talked about this, we had Nigma in the top four, I think. I think it was Secret, OG, Nigma Alliance, I want to say. Or maybe Liquid were there too when we talked one or two weeks ago. So Europe is very volatile. I think it's way more competitive and interesting than NA, which, like you've pointed out, is kind of, for the most part, pretty st straightforward. There's like three teams that have a realistic chance, and then there's like a fourth Dark Horse or whatever. But in Europe right now, teams are just beating each other across the board. Viking got their first win. They were 0-2, then they beat Nigma, 2-1. Uh, Secret is destroying. They've lost one game, but they're 4-0 in series. They're 8-1. So out of curiosity, uh, I haven't yeah. looked this up. I, I assume it's kind of the same. I know a different amount of teams go on, but do you guys in Europe, how do the tiebreakers work? Because for NA, the actual games that you lose don't matter. It's series losses only. Uh, so if you're tied, you end up playing more, essentially. There's no like right so you're saying if there's a team that is if there's a team that is um what's the final score you can be two teams are four and three but one of them has way has like two more wins than the other team from losing two right. one yeah. then i think and yeah then i think it's even just the head-to-head -head matchup as well doesn't go into effect yeah, so. i think it's just considered a tie i think it's only about series wins and nothing else yeah. i'm pretty sure yeah. about that but um but yeah the the board looks this looks like a healthy competitive tournament to me uh like there's a lot of teams that are are competitive. Uh, High Coast is the only winless team now. They're one and eight in games, zero four in series. Um, but I also think that for the most part, I believe they came from the open qualifier. Um, this is like the best of the best in Europe. So a team coming Would from the say... open qualifiers needs to be truly spectacular to make. I it. mean, Tundra did they came from open qualifiers, right? Uh, I think they did, but there's also a little bit of a difference in, I would say, recent competitive results for these players versus the ones of High Coast, right? You have Fata, who's been playing on lands with 33 for a while. Um, I think there's a little bit of a... I mean, the big thing for me, like quality. even from a casual perspective, you can look at the names of every team in Europe, upper division, and you recognize almost all of them, if not all yeah. of them. NA, it's essentially top five i think over time like a couple of seasons maybe it'll take a little bit more but it's going to really help develop the scenes that are not quite as competitive as eu right now we're being uh we're being corrected by chat it wasn't from open qualifiers it was from the um, decider so they were there was from a closed qualifier essentially oh, right they were right. invited to the closed qualifier and they beat out the opens teams but they still had to the point was they were a qualification team not the direct invites but yeah it is true okay uh, moving on to other regions that we definitely didn't watch, unless you are doing more homework than I thought. Uh, China, Aster is number one, followed by IG, Vici, and then PSG LGD, who is known as, I believe, PS... Wait, what are they called in-game? PLGD? Was that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. So that's China right now. Uh, SCA. We have... Neon Esports, followed by Fnatic, TNC, and T1. Just, None of these uh, are like... Just quickly, uh, mm -hmm. you, you jumped away from China really fast. It's also a very 
very competitive region. Like the scoreboard again looks similar to Europe. It's yeah, like there's true. teams that have obviously there's teams that are leading and teams that aren't, but the number of like games won and lost are are very close, right? Like Aster is is leading with six and one, then Invictus six two, VG six two, LGD six four, Elephant five five, Ehome three six. It's like the teams are beating each other across the board in games or series. Um, like and look obviously at they're they're sixth right now, which is pretty low, obviously. Uh, one in three in terms of series wins, but let's look at their lineup. You have Chalice, Fade, X Nova, and Ajit. I don't know who XM is. I don't recognize that name, but the rest of them He's very really good players. So yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty strong. I, I think what what people are looking for is so obviously for a while now. I think it's fair to say in international Dota that Europe has just been the best um, for quite a while. And a lot of people are looking for, okay, what is the Chinese team that can bring back China to greatness? And when you look at the quality of games and of this, uh, these standings, the question is, are these teams that are close but not as good as Europe? Or are they teams that are close and on the level as Europe? And that's what people are looking forward to finding out in Singapore, right? Because it's very clear that internally in this, um, in this scene... The, the teams are definitely competitive, but are they competitive with fifth in Europe? Or are they competitive with first? So is this is going to be an interesting thing that we've never really seen before. So obviously, I mean, throughout the history of Dota and pretty much every esport, if you have regions from this, this many regions playing a game, online, you're not really going to play each other for the most part. But mm -hmm. like Dota has had lands consistently until the pandemic. So now that there's been such a long break since inner, uh, we've had inner, uh, outer region play, whatever the hell you want to call it, do you think that's going to make... like It could go one of two ways. It could be ultra competitive where everybody's beating everybody essentially, or it could just be like EU or even China or whatever region just like shits on everybody. Which one do you think is more likely? Uh, largely back in Dota 1, what happened was that for the most part, when we had less lands... There was one region that was had figured stuff out more when they came to lands, and it was usually China that was just better. Um, but I, it's just it's hard to believe that that is going to happen. I don't think if if uh, if version number two happens where a region just stomps, I think it will be Europe. Um, but I think maybe compared to I want to say the last year before COVID. There's probably a higher chance that the that it will be closer. I hope, mm. um, but so I could see a world where and I'm not saying what region it even is going to be, but I could see a world where, like, let's say four EU teams. Let's just say China, so it doesn't sound biased. I could see three out of the top four being the same region, if it's yeah. like one of those that's big possible. regions. I could definitely see that. Um, so that's for me. That's going to be the most interesting thing to see. Obviously. The different regions playing each other. Um, okay, two more regions. On to SCA. C uh, okay, did you want to talk about SCA? Because I went over the teams. Uh, no, actually, that's fine. Again, I mean, we can just mention again that... Are we a bit surprised that Neon are first here? Let's see. Who's on Neon? Let me look it up. I have not heard of any of these players. So, yes, I am very surprised now that I look you, at it. I, I'm guessing you've heard of Skem, maybe. Because he no. played on... An international team. Who? Scamberloo. Yeah, what international team? 
who was it he played with? Let me see. Cloud Geek Nine. Fam. He was on Cloud Nine. Yeah. Which Cloud Nine roster was this? Okay. Maybe I just forget. I don't know. Uh, the one with Misery, Envy, etc. I think. What? Yeah. Wait, what was his name back then? Skem, I think. His name was Skem, and you're saying he was with Misery and Envy, that Cloud9, that got second yeah. place every time. Well, that's the... Now you're thinking back further. That's an older Cloud9. This Cloud9 is from 2020. Oh, the remake. Okay. The, everybody yeah. getting back together, trying to rekindle And before that, times. he played for Call. That's okay. probably the one you might remember, actually. Call in 2018. Anyway. Sure. Regardless, remember. Uh, SEA is also super close, uh, but Neon have managed to win every series. They're 4-0, but there's the, it's actually the closest scoreboard we've seen so far. The third place team is 2-2 two and two with a <laughs> score of 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that is TNC Predator. Um, but yeah, Neon, uh, Neon is winning out. They've been, they've been doing a lot better. I mean, it's easy to say that because like a year ago, people didn't really... Neon didn't really do much, but they've been doing better and better. Um, but probably yeah, this, not uh, pre-tournament my pick to win the whole thing. But right now they look like with a very few more good. games left for each they team. Like this can flip flop easily, like based on the yeah. score lines. That's very close. Okay, and then the final region is South America, which are headlined by Beast Coast, SGE Sports, Thunder Predator, and Team Unknown. For this region, much like NA, the top two are the only ones that matter um yeah okay so that East brings Coast us four no eight and zero in games looks yep, like the they kind have of yet stomping. to drop one game at all that's true and it it can't really surprise us too much either because this <clears> is theoretically the best team from the region right in terms of player strength this is the They've roster the that consistent. was Anvergesa, etc etc um before they became beast coast it's still it's it's k1 chris luck Whisper, Schofield, and Stinger. Um, this is the best team in South America, in my opinion. So, expected to win. Um, and currently, SG, which I think a lot of people are happy with, are in second place. And looking at the players, probably also my second place favorite. So, I would not be surprised if this is how the, the top two just ends. Uh, at this rate, that is yeah. very likely. Oh, we didn't do CIS, actually. My bad. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, Virtus Pro top with Navi, Team Spirit number three, Live to Win number four. Is this the top three go through, right? Uh, yes, I think so. I'll have to double check. It looks but like it. Based I find on it the rankings here. I find it really interesting to see, um, like if you look at the scores, right, in CIS, VP are eight and zero in games, Navi are eight and one, and then the next is Team Spirit with six and five. Mm. So, like, the thing that we've talked about with other regions, this is, like, there's, like, a really clear two top dogs here. Like, not even close. Um, so, in many ways, maybe going to be a battle for third kind of region where VP and Navi look very safe. But, obviously, there's still a lot at stake for them because it's not only about qualifying. It's also about which stage you start in. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I can find... I need to find, uh, to find CIS here. Uh, I think I got it here. Yeah, I do. So number one goes to major playoffs. Number two goes to major group stage. And number three goes to major wild card in okay. CIS. 
So every single placement is a different <coughs> tier, whereas in Europe it is it's similar. In Europe, it's just an extra team goes to wildcard, so third and fourth go wildcard. But yeah, makes a really big difference whether you get first, second, or third in these regions, which I think is cool. Very good. <clears throat> All right, good. so that is the DPC from the last week and extra day. Uh. So I wanted to kind of talk about something that was posted on Reddit. And sadly, this is about a day old now, so things may have changed. But uh, the Only user slightly. QT314 posted a... Oh, I'm an idiot. You know what? Mm -hmm. so why don't you talk about this while I put it on our screen? I forgot to do this. This is going to be much more interesting to look at for people, okay. if you don't mind. Sure. So... Oh, my God. Okay. Let me just fix that. <laughs> just doing it live. Fuck it. Doing it live. Okay. Do you want to... This is where you Wait, talk. How, how big is this image? It's huge. It's enormous. All right. You don't need to see us. There's no sponsor this week, so this is fair enough. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. They don't, they don't pay us for the uh, for the beautiful graphical assets anyway. So. All right. So okay. these are heroes that have yet to be picked as of yesterday. For each respective yep. region. So EU, obviously the most diverse in their picks, with only 15 remaining heroes. So this is probably the one that we're going to focus on more. And maybe we can look at heroes that kind of uh, are shared throughout all regions, which I believe is Pudge on every list. Yep. Pudge looks like he's on every list. Techies probably as well. Uh, so those are like not huge surprises overall. Omni Knight uh, is techie. unpicked in five regions. Techies is only picked EU for SCA, pick only. apparently. Yeah, Omni Knight um, seems like a dead hero. I said Techies was picked for SCA, apparently, because I don't see him on there. Yep. Uh, Hoodwink, Shocker, also not picked by any region because uh, he's not in captain's mode right now. I think it's ready for it, though. Might even want a buff. Okay, here... So I've been watching a lot of NA, so we can kind of go back and right. forth here. The hero that surprised me for EU not picking is Silencer. We've actually seen a decent amount of Silencer offlane in NA, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, Witchblade has been like, it just it's an item that is made for that hero. It just feels relatively strong, yeah. um, especially when you have like these melee carries that want to get Orb of Corrosion. Like in NA, at least it's always like a Ricky, Troll, Juggernaut, Monkey King, like all these heroes that are just melee. Like, Sansa does relatively okay because you can kind of dominate the lane with your orb walking and whatnot. So that mm. one surprised me a bit. He's been he's unpicked in four regions though. It's only. CIS and NA that have even picked the hero, actually. That is surprising. I do think Silencer is pretty good, too. At least good enough to be picked in a game, but mm -hmm. guess not. Um, China, for whatever reason, have not played Enigma. That hero is wild right now. I don't know. <laughs> like, how is that unpicked in the region? China yeah, loves Enigma, too. That's They've weird. historically played it a lot. They love team fight. Okay, that's I just found the weirdest surprising. one. Not to interject. China has never picked Witch Doctor. Is that real? Is that's that real also life? Really surprising. That is the most. That's crazy. It's also picked an SEA. What? Witch Doctor, Witch Doctor is really good now too. Is like first pick NA at least. My goodness, that is so weird. That that's what's so interesting about wow. this. Like you said, right? I think the international meta is way less defined because the regions haven't played against each other for so long. So. 
So there's very much of a, there's always a countrywide meta, but I think right now it's, or region-wide meta. I think right now it's way more Is there any, region -based. I mean, I assume this, I mean, maybe this includes heroes that are perma-banned, but would Witch Doctor actually be banned literally every game? That seems hard to believe. I mean, that is possible in SEA yeah. and China. I don't think so, though. I, to me, this biggest surprise is still no Enigma picked in China. Maybe it's just banned every game. That could be. That could definitely be possible that they just ban that all the time. I think general yeah, heroes that great. seem to be in the dumpster, though. Obviously, we talked about Pudge, Techies, although SCA picked Techies. Uh, Sven, Spectre, those are two big carries from the last patch. Yep. Uh, Snapfire is a little surprising. I thought uh, there were some nerfs to her Aghanim Scepter, which was really popular, but I didn't feel like they were that. It was just damage. You still get the stun. You still get the she's, ridiculous. She's still playable. And then the shard has been really popular in NA, although it's not picked as often. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. That one is a little weird as well. Is there's no been never been a cheese broodmother in EU? Huskar makes sense. No. Like Huskar is, I can understand that one. Yeah. Although SCA picked it apparently. <laughs> That's now, so the weird. The question is, awesome. Do we like these numbers? Like, if you think about. Obviously, TI is a different beast with like the number of games played and all the regions coming together, et cetera, et cetera, where sometimes in right. TI we're like, how many unpicked heroes are left? And sometimes it's like two or three or four mm -hmm. that didn't get picked all tournament. These numbers are pretty high. Um, with the amount of games we've had played so far, they're still pretty high, I think. And that could be like an indication of the patch maybe needing a little bit of a nudge in a direction. Like, it China having 36 unpicked heroes is really high, right? Like, that yeah. is... But that could also be a regional thing where they're less inclined to actually try stuff. Where EU... Yeah, like discrepancy that's what, is just huge. That, that's why I'm looking at the discrepancy in, between EU and China is enormous. And I look at it more as EU is doing the right thing, and I feel like they're stronger as a result of having these numbers. I know it's not a one-to-one -one always, but in this case, it seems pretty clear that China is just stuck doing what they want, just mm -hmm. doing what other teams are doing, where EU is not afraid to go outside the box, so to speak. For sure. So I think that's not well a, by chance. These, it's a huge difference. 21 picked heroes. Yeah. It's just a different approach. To, I mean, EU in general versus other regions, right? Like, SEA comes the closest at 20, and then it's 26 in CIS. It's a very big difference. So, yeah, seemingly a, a more like diversified strategy and more open-mindedness to try other stuff. Sometimes it fails, obviously, but that's the beautiful thing about picking off-meta heroes is that they can also be incredible. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not just a... It's not only a risk. It's like a big reward a lot of the time. So another thing I'm Dude, not sure There are of four is... regions that haven't picked Visage. So five. Sorry, I just noticed that. Five regions unpicked Visage. I don't know I thought if that hero includes... was going to be hot... Yeah, you were when the the shard came out, right? You're like, it's really good. The yeah. scepter on this. Oh, the scepter wow. itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be way more picked than this, especially in EU where you have a team like Liquid. Uh, Koikva loves this hero. I thought they were going to run strategy with this. So chat is saying it's only upper division. In the Reddit thread, it doesn't specify that. At least from hmm. what I can find. I was so, only considering upper division for this as well. Yeah, I think lower division you could probably see more variance, right? I would assume. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yes, Either maybe way. no. Actually, I think uh, 
See, that's one of the things where in lower divisions, I think people have less of a hero pool and less creativity and less like strategic okay, depth. That's true. So you might even see less heroes picked there. I don't even know if it would change the pool much hmm. in EU at least. There's got to be some techie um, spammers in lower division. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Lower division scum. Okay. So that is our topic of DPC. So next topic, uh, which won't take very long. Apparently, there is something called Steam China that has been in development yeah. for many years that is coming out soonish. So I'm going to read what the message says for people that are currently, I believe, in China that are just using regular Steam. It says... Let me just zoom in here. Starting next week, you'll need to play via the new Steam China platform. You'll have the same efficient matchmaking and fast ping to local servers, plus access to a growing collection of great games on Steam China. When Steam China is officially live, we'll provide you an in-game link to download the new Steam client. When you launch Steam China, like how they just say Steam China over and over, you'll use, it's just like subliminal messaging here. You'll use your Dota 2 game account, not your perfect world passport, that's weird, by the way, to log in and will help you migrate to your account and transfer your game progress. So from what I was reading, and I'm not getting into the whole censorship thing because I don't know enough about it to really give comment because China is its own planet, basically. Mm -hmm. But from what I'm reading, the biggest reason that they're doing this is so that Valve can cater like the Steam store to China specifically as opposed to everybody yes. kind of sharing an international, which, how is that a thing? Like, can't you just do regional, like based on what region you're in, these games pop up or something like that? It honestly might just be some sort of workaround that Valve have had to do because of, of the law, right? Like maybe, I think, so Valve have wanted to launch Steam in China for many years, right? And they've always, from what I understand, they've been running into this wall where legislation just shuts them down because of the, like you said, there's like games that's, uh, that China doesn't want people to have access to that could be like gory or bloody or uh, with like themes that are considered illegal in video games there. Uh, that's also why Dota looks different in China. There's heroes that look different, like Lifestealer looks different, Pudge looks different, etc., etc. Skeleton King. I, I don't know. Did, what did they? What did China get when we got that? Uh, I don't immortal? know. That's a great question. I, I have think no idea. It's got to look different on the Chinese client. I don't think I've seen that one. But yeah. anyway, um, I'm guessing because of legislation that it might have been easier to pass and get through that by making a separate client that is government approved rather than having a, an international client where you need to specifically greenlight every game. Like maybe legally there's a difference like in the end like you said the outcome could be the same right um oh you know what i actually have seen the chinese skeleton king it's he's wearing a t-shirt and a bag on his head so that's what he looks like okay. for china so it looks pretty <laughs> cool i um, i would buy, that. I think I'd buy you, that you know what it could just be it could just be um so correct me if i'm wrong on this when you upload a game on steam if you're a game developer and you post a game uh to an extent, you can post a game and it gets through automatically, right? Like, not every single game that gets posted on Steam gets a manual review. That's when you want to get greenlit, right? When you want your game to be, have the greenlight tag, then it needs to be reviewed first, right? I believe so, yeah. I think so. So maybe the problem from a Chinese perspective in terms of law is the fact that anybody could upload a game on current Steam. And that would mean that by Chinese law, then... 
every single auto up or every single uploaded game would have to be banned by default because you don't know what the themes are until that gets manual review. Um, and maybe therefore they say, okay, all of these games that people are free to upload is like, maybe they just have the perspective. Okay. People can upload games. So we're going to make that like, we don't want that because they could upload whatever they want. It could be something we don't want people to see. Uh, so no. And then it seems like, okay, well, what if we make a client that's specifically for you where not everybody can upload games? Then maybe that was the selling point. Like, I'm just guessing here. Okay. I don't know. It's just, oh. it sounds like something that with politics, that could make a huge difference for whatever reason. That yeah, could I, literally I don't even want to speculate because I don't know enough about it. But Zoker yeah, in our same. chat uh, linked a picture, which I guess I won't show, but um, of what Wraith King or Skeleton King looks like for China. He's essentially, it's like black armored almost. So it just well, replaces I've like, actually seen it actually thing. looks pretty sick. It looks pretty sick. Oh, yeah, That'd be a cool alternate one. style potentially for the Western audience, but whatever. Can't have everything in life. True. Okay. Last topic of discussion is the wildest. Uh, okay, so CD Projekt Red, the company that made um, Cyberpunk, they got a little message from a little friend of theirs. I'm going to read off their tweet, okay, which I've never seen a company do this before, which part of me is impressed that they did this with like full transparency, but I don't know if let's just talk let's just read through it and then we can discuss so they wrote yesterday we discovered that we have become a victim of targeted cyber attack a targeted cyber attack due to which some of our internal systems have been compromised an unidentified actor gained unauthorized access to our internal network collected certain data belonging to cd project capital group and left a ransom note the content of which we released to the public. Although some devices in our network have been encrypted, our backups remain intact. Sorry, we have already secured our IT infrastructure and begun restoring the data. We will not give in to the demands nor negotiate with the actor, being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of the compromised data. We are taking necessary steps to mitigate the consequences of such a release, in particular by approaching any parties that may be affected due to the breach. We are still investigating the incident. However, at this time, we can confirm that, to our best knowledge, the compromised systems did not contain any personal data of our players or users of our services. We have already approached the relevant authorities, including law enforcement and the president of the Personal Data Protection Office, as well as IT forensic specialists, and will closely cooperate with them in order to fully investigate this incident. So they also... So that one... I wouldn't say that's a super weird message. I thought that was fine. They posted the ransom note. It's in a notepad. <laughs> the thing, the notepad, the notepad's name is Readme Unlock. Hello, CD Project. Your God, I have to zoom in on this shit. Hold on a second. My browser's not cooperating right now. For God's sake, I had to make a picture. I'm a boomer. All right, got it. Your have been epically pwned. <laughs> Spelled epically, uh, that, is that right? I don't, whatever. We have dumped full copies of the source codes from your Perforce server for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3 exclamation point three times. We have also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Also, we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you can most likely recover from backups. 
If we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how shitty of a company or they'll see how people will see how you shitty your company functions. Have to read it as is. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. Let's digest this, Cinderin. This is some juicy ass shit. I'm not going to lie. Hey, hear me out. This is just a notepad, right? <clears throat> yes, it is literally a notepad. What if it's somebody who works at CD Projekt Red? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Could that be. just made a little notepad file, put it there. And then it's just a prank, bro. Somebody who somebody who hates working there and just wants to do a last fuck you before they leave. Quite possibly. Quite I mean, possibly. obviously, you, you know you can check if there's been something going on. So the first thing that yeah. drew, drew my eye is he wrote pwned. That's like boomer stuff. That's like me. I would type pwned, probably. Nobody does that anymore, which I miss, oh by the way. That made God. me miss it quite a bit. Yeah, the hacker is definitely over 30. Yeah, 100%. It's like... So what would you do in this scenario? So according to CD Projekt Red, it's not any personal data that's being released, so it's only going to fuck them, essentially, which who knows what that data is going to end up coming to. Could just be a kind of a bluff. I don't know. Like, if you guys don't remember, uh, was it original source was leaked by an ex-employee of Valve or something like that? Or they were hacked? I can't remember. But the way that they... had, I forget how they actually dealt with that. But it wasn't to the point of making a tweet, showing the ransom note and all that shit. This is like next level. So what do you think of the whole situation? Would you have the same reaction? Would you like be transparent? Because I can appreciate that part at the very least. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of something that CD Projekt Red has got a lot of praise for, right? From the gaming community in general. Is there communication and transparency a lot compared to other companies? At least that's my impression of it. It could be wrong, but um, I guess if you're if you have like that relationship with your audience and with your fans, then I can understand it's more likely to go down this route than if you're a more like reserved company that does things more behind closed doors. Um, mm -hmm. Is this a good move? I don't fucking know. Like, I find I find it hilarious that like somebody CD CD Project Red was like. These guys, <laughs> they write a fucking notepad with a hundred exclamation marks in it. It's kind of, it's almost like they're ridiculing the hackers to an extent with this, right? It's not just for transparency. At least that's how I interpret it. It's not just transparency. It's also like how ridiculous this thing is too, right? Yeah, I think to a degree. Like, think of it this way. They could have, they could have <clears throat> if they wanted to be transparent without posting the document, they could have posted what the demands were and what the hackers like wanted and what they claim or whatever. And written sure. it in a professional manner, mm -hmm. but they're kind of just posting this note. I think partly to just ridicule the, and maybe discourage the the hackers as well. I don't know. Like, who knows what this? We do is not. Here, but I find it funny. Negotiate with terrorists. That's basically Absolutely the stance not. they're taking, which is probably the right stance to take, honestly. Unless, <laughs> Fucking... unless they're giving up something that they can't afford to give up. I don't know. You have been epically <laughs> So I know we laugh about it and it is hilarious because of the, the way that they did it, but hopefully it doesn't end up being something serious. Uh, I mean, of course, I, I guess that goes without saying, right? Like 
data breaches like this are always scary as fuck, and obviously the company needs to be careful and take the right steps, but it's also hard not to focus on the thing that makes this so ridiculous compared to, you know, other cases you've heard. Because you've heard of, like, data breaches from, like, Facebook or Google or whatever in the last year or two years where stuff gets accessed and people manipulate or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is just so... It's just so absurd in a way. That's why it's it's hard not to focus on that. Because that's really... When you think about it, that's what separates this from other incidents of the same type, right? Like, we've had other data breaches, and you read about it, and you hear about it, and then the company's like, we're working on it, we're going to make sure your data is safe, blah, blah, blah. But this is, like, a different level. Yep, I agree. It's next level. But yeah, hopefully, it sounds like, I guess the main takeaway for fans is that it sounds like their personal information is safe. That's always what you're worried about, right? Mm-hmm. When there's a data breach, is, this, is my credit card data safe? Is my address leaked? Stuff like this. Uh, and it's, I'm, what I'm reading here is stuff like that is safe, and the stuff that's at risk is their internal like project development or product development, right? Like That is what the guys got access to, is their files where they're developing the games, making the next patches, blah, blah, blah. Or it's, are you reading it the same if, way? Well, potentially. I mean, the thing that I found hilarious is obviously the English is not first language of the person posting or they're pretending the English is not the first language because <laughs> your have been epically pwned is that's got to become a meme man that's that's if they could put that in one of their games as like a voice line like as one of the side characters just says you know as like a secret mm. mission or an easter egg that would be fucking good that would be really good um okay <clears throat> uh let's get on to the patreon mailbag uh, we have two questions today uh, the first one is from Lifeside Suns Fan Body Pillow. Hey guys, oh. love the show. Special thanks to Suns Fan for introducing me to Steam Powered Giraffe. Fucking incredible band. Special thanks to Cinderin for being such a bad boy. Yeah, that's me. Good. Uh, question What do you think AI will do after eradicating humankind? It's a great question. I think it's actually very logical. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, they'll make some better humans and use them as pets. Okay, that's not bad, actually. I could see that. I think after eradicating humankind, they will expand the universe. They will make sure that they don't fuck up like us, stick to one planet for too long, because the only thing that matters is their survival. So they just build colonies on as many solar systems, as many planets as possible, so that catastrophic failure from you know, events that even they can't control will not affect them, Cinder, and you can live on forever. What do you think forever. is more likely, that AI takes over the world, or that we find, or that we um, kill each that other? We colonize another planet. Well, what do you mean by colonize? What is that? That we move there with people and they start living there. Yeah, how many like, people though? Like, does it matter? I, I don't know let's say a million a million okay yeah. if you're talking about like five to ten that's probably going to happen in the next 20 years so i think so you think there's going to be five to ten people living on mars in the next 10 years i do yes wow. uh okay. wait did i did i say 10 or 20 20 sorry in 20, 20 years i don't know how long okay. but yeah perhaps i think so i think that's optimistic a million Maybe. people i mean technology does feels like it gets it what's the what's the concept that it just 
doubles on itself over and over. What's that? Uh, it's not entirely true um, with technology anymore because it ended up breaking its own rule. I can't remember what that is called. I know what you mean. I know it's the thing that applies to like all chips and shit in computers. Right. That it basically um, gets uh, Moore's law. Moore's somebody law. wrote in chat. Yeah. Right. Moore's so law. it's not quite Moore's law. That was disproved a few years ago, but it's close. So yeah. technology just gets better and better. So like in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, I don't know what what's because we're going to be colonizing other planets. That's inevitable. But how fast will AI rise to the top, Cinderin? That's the question. Uh-uh. A million people. That's probably like 80 years away. 100 years, maybe. I feel like AI I mean, will and maybe Anything do smaller than that is almost like an insignificant amount, right? Like yeah. a million is less than a fifth of a per mil of the population of the world. I think like AI, AI will evolve to the point where it can destroy humanity before that point, but whether it will is another question entirely. Does that make sense? Yeah. It'll be capable. We will destroy I think ourselves we have before failed that happens, though. Horribly if we ever let AI get to that point, but we'll see. Really? I think it that feels should like... never be it sh- it should never become a possibility. I feel like that should be our future. We should be happy about that. We are evolving into machines. Literally. I'm not even kidding. Like what's the if we found something that's better than us, we can make it. It should replace us. Why not, Cinderin? You could maybe put a little bit of part, like human part in it, like 1%, whatever. 2% milk, as they say. 2% human. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for that question, good sir. And go ahead and take the second question, Cinderin. Yeah, so then we have a question. It's Niebling. Niebling's back again. Hmm. I have a question, but not sure how to form it. So I'll just rant a bit, and you can take what you like, if any. We don't like it. Thanks for watching. Okay. I'm a stats nerd. So I'm wondering, how is the podcast doing numbers-wise? How many people are you reaching? Is it growing or have you plateaued? Are you happy with the numbers? Did you expect more or less when you started out? How are you doing compared to other Dota slash eSport podcasts? Anything along that line you can share would be great. Okay. So Um, I can't... This is for me since uh, mm -hmm. I have access to all this stuff. So normally people wouldn't be transparent about this. And I was thinking, I, I, I don't care. Like... I don't think revealing numbers like this matters. I have nothing mm-hmm. to really... I don't think either of us... Uh, do you care, Cinderin, if we reveal Not the really. numbers? Not really. I don't think we have anything to hide. I mean, you like, can watch the view counts. Well, the view counts, a lot of it's hidden because it's audio and then Twitch, which is a little harder to find, and then YouTube is the easy one. Right. right? So it's combined. Um, and I can't say for 100% certainty what other podcasts in the Dota realm have, but I can guess... So our average downloads, so if you include Twitch, like live view slash VODs, audio and video from YouTube, uh, we average about 27,900 downloads, which to answer the question, let me read it again. Uh, are you happy with the numbers? Did you expect more or less when you started out? So definitely expected less. Uh, Dota has been, Dota is a pretty tough place for podcasts, I would say. It, yeah. You're kind of in this bubble. A lot of people don't want long-form content, things of that nature, which we kind of touched on earlier in the episode about Dota Cinema dying, and this might, may be one of the reasons. Um, compared to other podcasts, I don't think anybody probably comes... There's not that many podcasts. There's some good ones for sure. I don't think any of them will have the numbers like this, most likely, unless I'm really surprised. In Dota. In Dota, right? Dota specifically. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know about other esport podcasts how big they're. I genuinely have no idea. Now, in terms of how many, uh, whether it's growing or if it's plateaued, I think it's pretty much plateaued. Uh, I would say the audio listeners and okay, I could I, let me let me correct myself. So Twitch has actually gotten better over the course of the last year. Uh, part okay. of it's my channel itself is probably getting bigger. That might have something to do with it. I'm not sure. Uh, audio has been pretty consistent throughout. It's not much fluctuation at all. And then video fluctuates quite a bit. And that's the one you guys can see easily on the Dota Cinema YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Typically, we'll have a guest. It will increase viewership. If we have a very clickbaity title that's extremely interesting, people will watch the video. Otherwise, if it's something kind of boring, like the low end is probably like 8K viewership just for the YouTube video itself. So just to give you an I idea. I guess... Like the thing you talked about with the YouTube algorithm, et cetera, it's probably getting growth on YouTube. I don't think the podcast, we've really done a good strategy with like, like you said, with thumbnails, with name, like the naming has been obviously something we've done, right? But thumbnails have been the same every time mm -hmm. for the most part, at least. Um, so like, I don't know enough about how the YouTube algorithm works to really say, but I think I guess a side note to this with are we growing or have we plateaued, et cetera, is also we don't know what's going to happen when you change things on YouTube, right? Like if it gets a separate channel, will that be growth or bad? If it gets right. more attention to thumbnails and other changes with titles, et cetera, will that cause growth or not? No idea. Like I think there's probably a lot of people that would enjoy this content that never that it never reaches. And maybe the algorithm will do us a favor when things get changed or maybe it won't. Um, no idea, but there's a decent chance that in this channel that is much, much bigger than the podcast is that one of two things is happening. Either it's spilling over on the podcast and the podcast is what's benefiting at the expense of the channel or both are quote unquote suffering where right. the algorithm is like, oh, your podcast isn't doing well or relative to the rest of your channel. So you're putting up shitloads of content, but it isn't like getting that much attention. Uh, but then at the same time. Or it could be both. When YouTube suggests people content from Dota Cinema, it will always suggest them other stuff because these are the quote-unquote poorest performing videos on the channel. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is just, you know, it's meant to be something else. So that's interesting to think about. Like maybe, maybe separating it will be good for both and the podcast will get more attention from the algorithm yeah. by being on a podcast channel. We'll but see how... Speculation, no idea. We'll see how much Cinderin can carry uh, the numbers if we end up moving YouTube channels. Uh, just to finish up on stats, since you were interested, um, I haven't checked this the this change or haven't checked the geographics in a while. Uh, but last I checked, it was surprising. Like just to give you guys an idea, the geographics essentially means what countries people are like watching or listening from. Uh, YouTube for Dota specifically is atrociously bad, like super fucking bad. Uh, it a lot of countries that basically either don't get ads or the ads are worth nothing. That's what that essentially means, right? So normally you'll see a lot of South America, Russia, uh, SEA, like America is considered like high quality in terms of the ad revenue. Australia revenue. is like by far number one. I always find that one kind of interesting. Uh, so typically you'll have like low percentages of the quote unquote tier one, if you want to call them that, ad revenue countries. So for the podcast, it's way better than it is for our YouTube, which is I find interesting. US is 28%, which is really high compared to our other stuff. And then if you combine Germany, Sweden, United Kingdom, and Australia, 
Oh boy, I just put myself on the spot to add up this. Uh, it's about 40%, 35%. Let's just do that range so I don't have to add this shit. So, so that means if you consider all of those tier one, do you? Yes, all of them. So then tier one is over half. Yes, which is crazy. That's not normal. That is really all. high for Dota. Yeah. That's insanely high for Dota. But it makes sense that. in a certain aspect because to watch this show and enjoy it, you need to understand English. And if you understand English as first language, chances are you're one of those countries that's considered the tier yeah. one ad revenue. So as opposed to like a highlight thing where anybody can watch it, right? So less accessible technically, but higher ad revenue. So that's pretty much all the analytics that I have on that. So, okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode, Cinderin. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> what do I, am I asking the question just to ask it or am I just chilling for 10 episodes? Why would you ask? I've already told you. Cinderin, have you seen Embruge? You wanted this. See, you're asking anyway. Cinderin. You wanted this. You got me addicted. Have you seen Embruge, Cinderin? No. no I okay, thanks I'm for watching, watch everybody. For episode 100. <laughs> really? <laughs> Really appreciate it's just a force of habit. It just doesn't feel natural unless I ask. I don't know what to tell Maybe you. Maybe now I'm just gonna watch it early just to fuck you. Uh, all right. That, that, <laughs> oh, he watched it for episode ninety seven. Yes. Oh no. Fuck me by watching it early. Boy oh boy, you'll fuck me hard. Okay. That got way too sexual. Thanks for watching everybody. Until next time, Suns Fan Sooner signing out. Hopefully there's a huge patch right after this podcast. Thanks. Yeah, five pal. minutes from now. Good. All right. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.